My name is Elizabeth Lewis, and I'm the owner and CEO of Detroit Mom. As a teen mom, I know firsthand the feeling of isolation and the fears that come at different stages of motherhood. I spent half the time wondering where to find community and the other half dreaming of a way to create that community for myself and the women around me. No mother should experience change and challenges alone. I created this community and podcast to make sure women in my community are never alone. Welcome to the Unfiltered Mom Podcast. The intention of this podcast is to make sure you have a voice and your story is being heard. Good morning. Oh, afternoon. It's good afternoon. Good afternoon, everybody. We are back with another episode of Getting Comfortable with the Uncomfortable. And this week we're talking about, I know in the past we've talked a lot about friendships and stuff like that and what it looks like to have friends of a different culture or any anything that makes them different from you. And I think, you know, it's an interesting, I think it's noticeable, a noticeable difference. Like, are you hanging out with people, you and your family, you and your kids that are different colors than a different color than you or a different religion or, you know, things like that versus I'll tell you, I have a, I'm not me. I don't think she'll watch this, but regardless if she does, but she, my sister-in-law she is a religion. My husband and they grew up a religion and I'm not even cute when I say, I think the only people they hang out with are people within their religion. Like that's it. And so for me, I didn't grow up like that. And so that's not a thing, but I noticed it when my husband and I got together, it was like, they were trying to convert me and Oh, it was just really crazy. And um, I love my sister-in-law. She's a lot more open-minded than most of the people that they hang out with, including my mother-in-law. But he neither here nor there. I think a lot of people struggle with this. So I figured I would kind of put that out there. But we wanted to to jump in here and give you kind of an idea. I know, you know, maybe Erica, I'll let kind of let or Tom Keen let you guys kind of take it over, but how you can support people that don't look like you. So that's kind of what we're going to, in a friendship, like, what does that look like to support somebody in a, in a friendship? Not just there, there are two different things like friendship and acquaintance, like just saying I'm, I'm friends with a black person or white, whatever, but then you guys don't hang out. You really don't do anything else. I'm curious, Erica, is this a friendship or is this an acquaintance or like, let's talk about this. I think I mentioned before, like back when the first time I worked at a middle school, my kids taught me like there's friends and there's associates and from their 13 year old mouths, it was hilarious, but like you guys, that's not wrong. And it was just funny because none of them had, like, you guys don't carry around briefcases. You don't have, but it's a real life thing that there's friends and there's people that, you know, and a lot of people use, they might mislabel those two things unknowingly and so we were kind of dialoguing in our in this group about what that looks like Tumkin, do you want to talk about that video that you shared yes so hi everyone i saw a video a week ago or something and i tagged ladies here because i thought it was so good because what he talked about was that if you 
you know, people say they have black friends, but if you're not, um, if you're not showing up for them, if you're not, you know, be helping them out, being in that, not helping them out, but showing up for them in, in what is uh, a real struggle for people to understand about, then you're not really friends with them. You know them and you might be, you know, friendly of them, but you're not, you don't, you're not friends with them. So there's a difference between knowing and being friends, because, you know, what I was talking about before was that if you're friends then you're going to show up and you're going to show up for your friend, be it in, in the cause that, that is um, near and dear to their heart and they're kind of like they're struggling with, or be it that you're being friends to that person for them being, hey, I'm here for you. I can see that you're really struggling right now or you're going through stuff. I have a friend, she's Asian, she's from a Filipino background. And um, whenever stuff comes up in the news about anti-Muslim hate or whatever, I mean, she's not posting stuff, but she messages me and she'll say things like, how are you? Like, what can I do to support you? It must be really tough watching the news right now. I just want you to know you're not alone. And I'm, you know, I'm with you. If you don't want to come over, you know, let's have coffee. Like, like that is called being a friend. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder how many people, you know, they'll say, I have a black friend or I have a Muslim friend. Oh, I, I knew a girl. I knew a Muslim back in elementary school, uh, you know, and it's kind of like some type of a thing saying, hey, I'm with you. But are you, because if you're not showing up in some shape or form in that friendship, then you know someone, you're not really being friends with them. So I think that video was really, really good in portraying that. I know I'm kind of butchered it because you said it's so good, but but I think you're going to share a link, right, Erica? Later yeah, on. I just posted it in the comments of this. I shared the YouTube video. So the video was from Shannon Sharp, who's a sports commentator, anchor that my husband, I, that's how I know of him. But the word that he used, he specifically said, if you, and I like watched it again because I wanted to, like, it was so powerful and he's an excellent speaker. But he said, if you say that you have black friends, but you don't empathize with right, what right, they're right. going the through, yeah, then yeah. you don't have black friends, you know, black people. And it was mm. just like, you know, and then there's, there's some people that also like learning the difference between empathy and sympathy or acknowledgement like all of that is different where like empathy is that deepest like I will go through this with you kind of like Brene Brown talks about like I will Mm -hmm. climb in the pit with you you know but like yeah if you're not empathizing with what your person person of color like any sort of like minority person or someone that's different than you like if you're lacking that empathy for what they go through then can you call them a friend and I like felt that so hard so I loved when you shared that I know I've definitely experienced both sides of that where like, so I'll I'll use this example. I know that, so what, it's crazy that it's two summers ago, but like summer of 2020 when I was getting, like I was marching during one of the wonderful protests that was happening in summer of 2020. And at that time, I remember like the, in a couple of days after George Floyd was murdered, I had people texting me like white friends and colleagues family members I'm you know I'm checking in on you like you were talking about Tom Keen I'm you know I'm worried about you how are you doing what can I do to support you and then when I was preparing to march people were like hey I stand with you I love like let me know what you need I'm here for you and I could like right now tell you by name who those people were and it was just like over the last two years like who has dropped off like stopped checking in Mm. doesn't like their stand with you they're not, I don't see them. They're not showing up for me, you know? And it's like, I know it's not summer 2020 anymore, but nothing's changed right? or very little has changed except the people that like, yeah. So like that empathy that was there in those first five minutes 
has fallen off. So, you know, some people will probably claim that they're like, I'm their black friend, but like, no, you know me, but whether or not we're friends, like has a lot to do with if I haven't seen you since like, Mm -hmm. and I don't necessarily mean like physically in person, but if I haven't seen you show up for me since, if I haven't seen you care about this since, no, we're, we're, we could be associates. (laughs) We might just be associates, but like, we're not here. Right. Right. How can, so giving people an idea of like what, you know, we talked about, they can send a text, like I'm here to support you. How can I support you? What can people do other than that? Like outside of sending a message, what is, I think that I've heard this in the past, like people struggle with what to do. What's appropriate? I guess that's a great question is people struggle with what is appropriate. Like what, what do their black friends, their Muslim friends, their stuff, what do they want to see from them? It's interesting. I wonder why people just don't ask that question, but I think it's that why we have these conversations. It's uncomfortable to ask that. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm assuming that in the last two years, like people just got back to their regularly scheduled programming, which is cool. Everyone has their own stuff, but like, I didn't ask you to like wave a flag and stand up for me in the first place. You volunteered that. So if you did that, don't drop it. I can't drop it. Yeah. This is my life. Like Tumkin, you can't drop it. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't have that option. So like, if you're going to take up the cause, take up the cause or like you read the books. Okay. What did you learn from the books? What did you change from the books? I still need reach outs. Like you guys, another black man was just murdered in his sleep a week and a half ago zero people checked in zero like nothing is different you know so like whatever performance we were doing two years ago either like keep it up or be honest about where you stand but like this kind of like back to what Shannon Sharp was saying like if it's if you don't have that empathy there which is you know empathy is visible right you know I'm saying like you also don't have to claim me because I don't claim everybody either. Like, I don't say that everybody is my like number one, like upper, like inner circle friend. But I also shared a second leak because I feel like Queen Riri, Rihanna, said it best in her speech at the NAACP Awards. What was it last year or year before? She says, like, tell your friends to pull up. My issue is your issue. If we're friends, and she specifically said, oh my God, she said, if they want to break bread with you, then this is their problem too. And I just felt like, oh my gosh, that is amazing. Do you feel like people think because it's not happening to you specifically that, and and this is where I'm trying to come at this. And when I say this, I'm like trying to come at it with all different things. Like what could people possibly be thinking and why they don't do that, right? Why they don't check in, why they don't stand with you does that make sense right i so i say this if you were a true friend you would know that that absolutely is me Mm -hmm. because okay i'm not the muslim woman who got yelled out by a mob of anti-muslim islamophobes on the streets however i am her because I have been yelled at and my sisters have been yelled at and other Muslim women have been yelled at. And so when I see that vision, 
yeah. that view, that picture, that video circulated again and again. I am her. I am triggered. I am traumatized again and again and again. Because there is nothing more frightening than having a group of people or another experience like, you know, Erica will, will tell you about her stuff that when we see that video of anything being circulated, that image, we are traumatized when we hear about it, when we read about it, we're traumatized. We feel like it's us all over again, time and time again. And if you're my true friend, you will know that I've been triggered and traumatized. And, and those stories are absolutely something to do with me or my family or my, my son or whoever it is that, that's being discussed. And you'll know that those mm-hmm. issues are very near to my heart because we've been touched by them too. You just wrote a, you, well, it's an, it's an old post, but you reshared it again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That is a very impactful post. Every time I read it, it brings like tears to my eyes that that is your reality. Right. And, and, and that's not something that can be described unless you've seen it. Mm-hmm. Because the, the eyes, they, they tell you when you are so unwanted that you, they would, someone would rather you not exist and your kind do not exist in the spaces that they exist. And I've seen it so many times and I didn't realize how much I soaked it in until I, I had enough of it. Until, until I see my children sitting in the back seat, wondering if they're going to have to leave the country because somebody became a leader, or that mm-hmm. why they were hated, or why they have to leave, or why are they talked about in the news like they're so, like they're scum. So that is when I kind of like drew the line and I said I'm going to talk about this because if I don't, then no one will ever understand that every single time you look at me with hate, my eyes have soaked it in. And it and it and it hurts. I'm a woman. I'm a human being. God gave you know. God put me on earth with all emotions, and you rolling your eyes at me may not affect me, but it hurt me. I still went on living, but inside it broke me. I think and too. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Tumki. I'm done. I'm done. I was going to say, I like thinking too about what, you know, folks that want to be allies can do. A lot of it is stuff that like I or Tom Keen like would never know about. It's what's happening between behind closed doors when you're in a homogenous group. So whether that's like a group of all people that are the same religion or all people that are the same color. There was an example a few months ago, like someone, I heard about someone making an anti-Asian joke. I'm not Asian and there wasn't any Asian person around me, but I had to say, no, 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 we're not doing, we're not doing this. My Asian friends weren't in the room. They didn't hear me say that, like, they shouldn't have to be there. Like, what do you let happen in your presence, regardless of who's in the room? So like this stuff that we need allies to do, we won't even be there for, because the real work is going to happen in your like group. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. And it doesn't need to be recorded. For right. you know what I mean, like yep, Captured. I went out yep. and did this, and I right, went, and, right. you know, like I, that's where I think that you, you know, you going back to the the protests and things like that. Everything needed to be, hey, I'm out protesting. I'm standing with black people. Do you know what I mean? Right. So yeah. Like an interesting. So when I hear you say that, like, where are people? You know, now where are they? Yeah. Like I'd love to hear about like 
majority people, and I'm saying majority because that could be racial, cultural, religional, like whatever the situation is, there's majority and there's not. Like, I would love to hear stories of majority people speaking up like, to other majority people. Yeah. And that's, that's how it happens, right? Like, that's where the power is. Absolutely. It's actually a great, that's a great, yeah, that's Erica. Yeah. I just was, I was just thinking how we can do that, how we can do something like that, where it's, you know, not this huge publicized thing, but how do you share that with, a, or I don't know. Well, like, so like black people cannot, minority people of color cannot take down white supremacy. White people have to do that. I agree with that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's where, like, we have our own stuff that we're doing. And a lot of that is healing and doesn't have anything to do with mm-hmm. white people. Like, we have our own stuff to do. We don't also need to be pulling the weight, doing the work for the rest of the country. So like, I want to hear about what white people are doing to dismantle the power systems in which they operate and profit from. Yeah. Erica, if you can just say in a few words, what are the things on a daily basis someone of color is battling in their mind? that they carry with them, that they're busy doing. Like when we say we're doing our own work, I think people don't understand what that work really means and how deep it Ooh. goes. Yeah, that's a great that's a great question, Tampine. Well, like you said, that trauma, like no one in my life, I'm sure knows that I am, yeah, I was absolutely re-traumatized by what happened to Amir Locke two weeks ago. And so I have to do active healing about that. I have to actively every day wake up and choose do I want to tune into the news and stay informed or do I want to protect my spirit and turn it off and unplug? And like, that's an awful choice to have to make to protect yourself, but it's something we have to choose every day. I shared a post on my Insta, I think yesterday too, about what as a mother of color, like there's different stuff involved in that, especially I'm mm-hmm. in a few minutes, I'm about to have a son. So like mm-hmm. having, I'm about to have a son of right. color. I mean, I don't know what color he will turn out like, but I'm about to have a son of color. There are different worries that I'm going to have than Elizabeth has about her son. Stuff that I have to prepare for, stuff that I, conversations that I have to get ready to have with relatives that other people don't have to have. There's the constant like, okay. So like in my school district, some folks are like working on this DEI stuff and trying to learn. And there's the battle of like, Okay, it's not my job to teach you everything, but I do want to support you and help you. So, like, where's the balance in that? And that's like assuming that nothing, no microaggressions have happened to me that day. Mm. (laughs) And, you know, and that, so that'd be a slow day. But then dealing with the constant microaggressions, it's just like there's a lot of thought just waking up in the morning as a minority. And I also keep in mind that I also operate like in a, in a majority space because I'm a Christian person too. So I'm always trying to be mindful of like, how am I affecting the Muslims around me, the, Mm -hmm. the Buddhists around me, the Hindus around me, you know, so like trying to be mindful of the two spaces in which I walk, you know, there's just a lot of mental work that goes into existing every day. Right. Erica, do you feel like on a day, like every single day, you're getting microaggressions thrown at you? Like you deal with microaggressions? Probably not every day. I've been home from, I've been like home from the world for the last two weeks. So I'm like actually having to think like, oh, nothing's happened in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> but that's because I yeah. haven't been at work. I haven't been around yeah. people. <laughs> um, yeah. But 
I mean, lately, unfortunately, one of the most common microaggressions I feel like is when people blank lives matter. Anything that does not start with black. It's like, guys, let us have this, you know? So like the way that people dialogue and like what they're posting and stuff like that, like you have no idea what you're doing when you're like taking over, when you're basically colonizing something that people of color started and making it your own or making everything your own issue when it was our issue. Like, come on, guys. Yeah. Oh. You know, even in the Muslim community, when certain things have come up and people have said Muslim lives matter, I remember a lot of some some of the leaders had spoken up and said, let's not use that. Let's leave it to Black Lives Matter. And we will we and it'll say like something else then and we start and then there was another hashtag to start it. And I really like that. Because I felt like don't move the focus off of 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 uh, of a cause, and let's yeah. keep that Black Lives Matter. Period. I mean, there's many many words that we can use and many things that we can start up organizations by the name and stuff like that. But I I so like that because I realized that yes, that's true. When we kind of do that, we're it. I, I find like it's a slippery slope, and I think that if it's so meaningful and you know that it gets through the message, let's let's leave it there. Let it be Black Lives Matter, and then it can be something else. Like you know, uh, like I, like we have some stuff that's coming up with hijabs, and it'll be like hands off my hijab and stuff like that. So that has been exclusively geared towards the European, you know, Islamophobic agenda and all that stuff that's been on there. Where you know, certain countries have have banned hijab or have have talked against it or made it illegal and stuff like that. So. So like so, I think that we have to understand that too. And I also remember that that back when the George Floyd and like a lot of people were talking about their own racism that they were facing in different cultures. So if it was like you know Asian folks, and if there was like Indian, like I'm I come from an Indian background, so like people were like saying, okay, yes, when my parents were immigrant, we came, and then and then I, I I salute a lot of the social media influencers who was like, no, 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 let's not take the let's not take eyes off of the cause. Right now, we all have to be allies to this cause. The time will come to talk about what we faced or what has happened to this community. And I absolutely love that because it hones in like that region. People make it their own and they, no, no, no. Like stay focused, stay stay where the cause is and be an ally to that. And then you can have multiple causes that you also are allied to as well. I think when people change it, and I'm wondering, even Erica, if you mean like when people are like all lives matter type thing, mm-hmm. that it's not their own beliefs necessarily. It's something that's been stemmed from like other people. They're influenced by other people to use all lives. So, so for instance, like this is the best way I can explain it. So say you read something and then a friend's like, no. It's not just black lives matter. It's all lives matter. And that person was like, you know, maybe they had their own opinion on it or whatever, but they're like, oh, well, my friend believes that all lives matter. I just feel like it's, it's never like somebody's, it's never their own, not never. It's not always their own, but it's their, you know, it's like, I always think of it like voting. Like we vote based, a lot of us vote the way that our parents 
as we're as we're growing up, right? Oh, your parents voted Democrat, your parents voted Republican. So you vote that way until you know better, right? Until you want to learn the other side. Otherwise, I feel like you grow up thinking like this is being a Democrat or Republican is the end all be all. Like you can only be this. Yeah, no, I feel, I mean, a lot of that stuff is like what they've heard on repeat from their media from their news sources from their crowd which is part of too like why we spent like what like two or three weeks talking about like diversifying your crowd yeah because what you hear all the time like my gosh to hear the same message constantly Mm -hmm. what what choice would you have but to start to believe that and operate in that kind of like robotically yeah well I and that's I always think about that when I see even people that I know they're not necessarily friends when they put all eyes matter I'm like do you know what that means Right. Do you know what are, that? Don't, yeah, people don't yeah. know what it means. What where it goes down to what it boils down to. Um, yeah, they're just using like a the hashtag that's trending. Right. Exactly because they think that oh well I'm white and they do they not think that my life matters because it says Black Lives Matter. But I think the whole premise going back to like until Black Lives Matter or Muslim Lives Matter or whatever we can't all you know it can't be all lives matter and I think that people just can't wrap their head around that right when it um, goes back to that like empathy point that shannon yeah. shark made of like listen if you want to claim me as your friend but yeah. you can't empathize with the fact that like there is a different struggle that occurs in my life or my i always go to my older brothers because ma- wow. like males you know are in a totally different situation um and they're darker complected than me yeah um, like if you can't empathize empathize with what my two brothers are going to go through, mm-hmm. then like, then you're not the friend that you think you are to me. And like, if you can't give us space, like, my gosh, give us space to struggle. Like, gosh, it's, why would you want to take part in? Or like, why would you want to take over someone's struggle? It's not fun. Like, you know, why try to make it your own like oh no well I I don't have privilege I am also impoverished and I also went through this like yeah we know lots of people go through stuff like you can't even let me struggle in peace y'all have to take everything jeez yeah 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 it's like see see the other person struggle without tying it into yours and relating it to yours yeah yeah Yeah. like just let me hurt damn like like, see see my hurt and 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 acknowledge it, recognize it, mm-hmm. see if you can yeah. help me out in any way and help me healing. And if not, at least sit down, but don't. <laughs> Girl, <no. laughs> yes. Then please have several seats. Yes. Remain seated. <laughs> Sometimes even muted. <laughs> yeah. That's what it's like. And I love like, you know, what Rihanna said about if somebody wants to break bread with you, like, okay, if you want to be my friend, you think I'm cool, you think I'm funny, mm-hmm. and you think I'm cool to be around, that comes with things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, especially like in the last few years, I've you've seen like the memes and the dialogues about like, we can disagree on taxation, we can disagree on coffee or tea, we can disagree on lots of things in life, we can't disagree on fundamental human rights. like. So sorry, but part of this friendship application is like, there's some certain, a certain level of things that we're going to have to be in agreement on or else this is not a friendship. We can be associates, just like my middle schoolers said, and I'll be cool with you because I have respect for all human beings and that's fine. But if you want to say that, you know, Erica is your black friend. Okay. Then you have to be that friend. 
Mm-hmm. And like all the time, not just when, you know, there's a whole social movement that everyone is participating in. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that things got quiet still hurts me. Yeah. I wonder too, if people, and I relate this back to when I worked at the hospital, you get desensitized because you see it like gunshots and traumas and stuff like that. And I remember people asking, gosh, isn't that so? And I was like, yeah, I feel so bad, but you, I talked to so many other health professionals and they're just like, I'm so desensitized from it. Like you see it, you know, you see one, you've seen them all type thing. So I'm just thinking in my head, like, as I'm listening, like, do you think that that's what's happening to people? Like, could that be, and I'm not saying that this is an excuse, nor is it okay. I'm, I'm asking because I know there are people listening that probably or possibly I wish, feel I that wish way. I was, I wish I had the privilege not to be desensitized to those things. Because if you don't see a privilege in that moment, yeah, then it would be hard to see in other ways because it's a privilege to be desensitized to all that. I don't think Erica or I can ever be desensitized to it because it lives always. Yeah. Because if we become desensitized, then we're going to put our guard down and we might find ourselves in danger somehow. Mm-hmm. So it has to stay up here. So that we're always alert, you know, yeah. knowing that, you know, when we're in danger, when we're not spaces that welcome us or don't, or we want to be stuck in or not. Yeah. And there's definitely times I found myself, especially because of the Facebook memories feature, I'll see things come up where I maybe like two years ago or four years ago posted about like, so-and-so was killed by the police. And I have to think to myself, which one was that? And then I'm like, oh, which one? Like that sort of things where like we even, you know, we definitely get like, like I said, we have to make the choice of, okay, am I going to opt in or out of the news this week for my own safety? But yeah, it's, we don't get the choice of. I'm going to opt out permanently because it's not my issue. Yeah. Like if, but just like, you know, when I was talking to the person that made the Asian joke, like that issue is my issue. What did they say? I'm curious what they said to you. When uh, you- it's kind of a long story, but oh, yeah. they're retelling a story about when they made an anti-Asian joke. And it was just like, mm. eh, that's not a joke. That's, that's not a thing we're going to do. But people think like it's so common and this has been my whole life. Like if that person isn't in this space, then it's okay to talk about them that way. And like what a world it would be if everyone decided that like, no, just because that person's not in this space doesn't mean that you get a free pass. You know what I'm saying? Even like during the we whole all bla- took up for you, each other. Yeah, sorry. I was going to say even during the whole Black Lives, Black Lives Matter, you know, when it was proactive and there was so much um, going on in the streets. There was a lot of discussion happening in private crowds and communities about, you know, what's happening in the city and, you know, things of that sort. And I feel like those are the moments when even if you're not protesting, but if you're an ally, you could be at home and you could at least break down those conversations and say, no, if someone is standing in the streets all hours of the night, if people are saying something, at least you know, like shut up and listen type thing, you know, at least, at least give them um, the ability to talk without saying mm-hmm. this is happening. I mean, even in our communities, we hear things, you know, and, and we, and I've had personally, I've had some conversations and say, you know, I don't like that. 
you know, please don't discuss that in front of my kids. We don't necessarily like those conversations happening in front of them because I might not be protesting or I might not be out for whatever my reasons are, but I, I will definitely not let anyone say something that is racist, anti-Black in front of me. So, you know, it's not a white and Black issue. It's a white, a Black, and every shade and color on the earth issue. You may not want me, uh, um, you don't want to wear a face covering or a hijab because you don't, you don't believe in it, you're not in that religion, that's fine. However, understand the fact that I absolutely have the right, just like you have the right not to cover, for me to have the right to cover, and then acknowledge that, right? And so these conversations that happen, I feel like, you know, I'll say another thing, it's back, going back to that question about, you know, how to be an ally type thing, if you have a friend or showing up or pulling up, there are times when people uh, just from Facebook friends and stuff like that who liked my writing, but when they found out that I was covering my face, absolutely dropped, like, and who, who did not want to be seen that they had a friend and who was a friend that they're sharing a writing from that, that, that covers or is, wears a niqab, which is what, what I just call them, cover my face. So you will absolutely know who are your friends. Even, I'm talking about these, these, the new age of social media friends yeah. is the friends who who will privately message you that they like your and they feel sorry for you and they, and they feel bad that you go through stuff, but they will never friend you. They won't like the post. They won't comment on the post, but they'll DM you about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Erica might see those things or might have uh, other people might have seen those things come up as well. And then you kind of know, okay. Mm-hmm. I can usually tell. So... Like for some reason, my Insta, well, for a good reason, but my Insta is more my like where I'm going to share like my social justice stuff where my Facebook is more personal friends, family. But I can tell when I'm like sharing Insta stories, like when I'm sharing anti-racism resources, like my DMs will be crickets. And then when I share something that's about teachers, ping, 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 ping. It's like, oh, you see it. You saw the stuff. Oh, I know this feeling. Like, I you know, exactly. Like I noticed I'm not. I'm not, I'm not as dumb as I look <laughs> like, you know, and it's, people are making their choices and that's fine. Like just, but I also get to make my choices. So like where our relationship is, is absolutely dependent on whether or not I see you show up. Yeah. You know, it's just speaking, I know before we jumped on here, we talked about like, how can we get, you know, there's nine people on here. How can we get more people to engage? with these conversations. And I think this is a a great opportunity to bring it up because I even think, you know, being vulnerable and saying a lot of times I don't know what to say. Like there are a lot of times when we're talking about things, I'm like, have I done that? Or I'm like, I don't know what to say in this moment. But I also think that I'm comfortable asking you like, Hey, is this correct? If we have that. And I'm curious how many people feel comfortable talking to somebody like that that doesn't look like them and asking them, Hey, is this appropriate? Or this isn't because I've talked to people that said they asked the question and people are upset. And then I think this is where this, this huge divide comes is like, how do we bridge that part where people still feel comfortable about having the conversation and speaking up and being honest and not versus not doing it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'll tell you what, like, Back two years ago, when there was this sudden flooding of support and check-ins, like I loved when people said, "Like I have no idea what to say. I am not going through with your what you're going through. 
mm-hmm. but I love you and I'm with you. Like that meant everything to me. I don't expect people to know what to say. You haven't lived 30 uh-huh. some years in this body. Like you don't have to know what to say. I don't know what to say. There's not a script, but for you to just be there, I see you. I love you. Like leaps and bounds. Yeah. Also, I think too, and I'm probably going to end up sharing it because I'm obsessed, but the Brene Brown empathy teaching, like she talks about like it, it often empathy often means we're going to sit together in the quiet. Yeah. We're like, there aren't words here. Yeah. Which when you say Brene, I just need to say this really quick, you know, all this Joe Rogan stuff. I saw people attacking her um, for, for choosing not to be on the platform. So when you talk of like, she tried, <laughs> I know. And that's like, that's the thing, right? She, that when you talk about empathy, she's standing up for what she, she truly believes in whether or not he said this in, or I don't know, it's just an intro. That's a whole nother interesting thing, Erica. So when you say, I'm like, I don't want to lose that train of thought because I don't know if you had any thoughts on that, but her empathy, yeah, share her empathy training. Yeah. It's, I just found like a, it's like a two and a half minute video, but it's life-changing to listen to. Okay. And she talks about too, that empathy seldom starts with at least. And that's something that I try to remind myself and my friends always when they're like, Hey, my friends went through this tragedy and I don't know what to say. Like, don't say at least something or like, well, the bright side is, or similar to like what Tom Keen was saying earlier, like, well, at least that didn't happen to you. Like, no, 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 drop that. So if it mm-hmm. starts with at least, don't say it because it's likely yeah. on its way to being insensitive. If there's nothing to say, just don't say. People don't need words all the time. Right. Sometimes we just need company. We just need to know there's solidarity. We need to know there's someone that we could lean on. Mm-hmm. We need to know that if something did happen to me or my brother or my mom or my kid, that you're still going to be there and that it wasn't a fly by night. Like now things might've changed. Yeah. Right. And you guys know those, like, I'm sure you've probably seen with regard to like women's rights. And a lot of times it has to do with sexual assault. People will share the thing that says like, she is someone's mother, daughter, sister, mm-hmm. whatever. But then they'll cross out all those things and just make it say like, she is someone. Mm. Like, who cares if this happened to someone, you know, personally, who cares if this happened to a relative, like it happened to a human, to a person. Mm-hmm. Okay. get into like try to just get into that space where like people are people and they're deserving of love and basic respect and rights just for having been born yeah mm-hmm. yeah no Erica there there's you there's so many good points made in here just in general like even myself I'm like you know I thinking I need to do a better job too as somebody who it doesn't happen to, like I need to do a better job reaching out to, you know, people like you, you specific, not people like you, but you specifically, or my other black friends or other black writers that we have, or, you know, like you, Tom Keen, and that's taking ownership and radical responsibility. And the fact that I need to do that more often, not realizing that, you know, until we talked about this, that I don't think I do it enough. Elizabeth, also, I would say that you having a platform where a woman like me gets a microphone handed to her to say what she has to say is also leaps and bounds because 
there's a time people do not want a woman like me whose only eyes you can see to say anything. Yeah. But to, for you to be able to recognize that in platforms like this and opportunities like this have to open up more because there are absolutely women out there who are who want to be heard mm-hmm. and who have something to say. And it will, the more we open up those, those, those places for women and give them a seat at the table or allow them to build a table and then you sit, come and sit with them, right? Then, then they will get an opportunity to say what we have to say because there's so much. I mean, as a woman to woman, me and Elizabeth, we've talked so many times. And yes, we talk about like, you know, my beliefs and her beliefs and stuff like that. But then we also connect because we're like, hey, we're a bunch of moms. Mm-hmm. We're struggling up in here because we've got like, you yeah. know, older kids and we've got younger ones. And, you know, we're battling. We have kids multiple are, amounts of right, them. Right. Right. And so we're, we're talking about women who are, yeah. you know, we, we talk about so much and we connect in so many levels and we realize we see the, the humanness in each other. Mm-hmm. And we live in two different worlds, but we're living in one world together. So I think recognizing that makes it like I, I when I write sometimes I, I and there's many pieces. So those who've written, uh, read my pieces for Detroit Mom will say have read probably and talking about how my house is next to yours. So I'm probably uh, pouring in cereal in my kid's bowl just like yours did. But mm. the conversation at my table and your table are probably very different. And mm. but recognize the fact that we're living in the same world. Our kids are going to get in the bus together and they're placed in seats. They're either beside each other or like, you know, in the same bus. So and they go and they and they're in that world together. But but recognize that I am in your world, but then recognize my struggle to just survive in this world as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, that. Sorry, I was just like at church for a minute. I know. Yeah. I love that. And here's the thing you say when you say that, Tumkeen, like we, this is the thing I wish people understood about Detroit Mom. I would love more women to come like you, like Erica, who want to share that. But sometimes whenever I've asked that question, like, well, I just don't want to share my story. It's like, I want to give you a platform. It's here. It's, I want to give it so you can, you can talk about it. And, you know, because if, if more, and I can only speak from white perspective. So it's when I say it, more women don't hear those stories. They don't know. Well, it's the response, right? I think the fear comes from the response. I think you remember Elizabeth, when I was here the first year on Detroit mom, Yeah, how so afraid I was to be seen. Like I wanted to write and I wanted people to read my words, but I didn't want to be seen. Yeah. And if, if this opportunity to be here on live on Mondays came the first year I was in Detroit mom, I would have hands down and be like, uh-uh, not for me. I know. And, and and we recognize this together. So I think just understanding that once I took that opportunity and then realized that there's always going to be probably a, one comment, two comment, maybe a little bit more of hate, but there's so much more people are saying, mm. I've never understood that before, or thank you for telling me your side or your story. And then it kind of, the fear starts to go away, like, okay, I'm comfortable. And to the point when um, I remember you a few months ago, you said to me, just say it. I don't care if anyone's offended. Just say your, you know, just, just -hmm. tell your story. And I love that because I wrote down, I sat down that day and I wrote up a a couple of things because I was like, I always wanted to say this. I'm just going to say it. And if someone doesn't like it, okay. But more likely than not, someone will connect with it and see me for being the woman I am. Yeah. But I choose to live life this by, by choice. This isn't like a forced thing. So like, you know, so I think more people need to understand that if you take the chance, you take the leap, you'll find a ground that, that you can land on. And most likely there's not someone out there wanting to hear it too. 
And I'm so opposite where I'm like, oh my God, give me a microphone. I have so much to say about any given topic. No, I want someone, please just let me talk. People, Erica, can we we have an open call for them? Like, Um, I want you to come here. I, that's what this platform was built for. Not for me to be on it, for you, for women in the community, for women to connect, for women to create community based off differences. Like, well, I'll say sometimes too, like my brand of allyship sometimes makes me a party pooper and I'm just comfortable with that. So like when I'm looking for allies, like I don't need everyone to be as vocal as I am or as like, cause there's certain holidays or observances or stuff that I'll be like, well, actually like if you're so like, why are you celebrating that? And if you think about this perspective of it, like, you know, we're like, some people just want to have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I don't expect everyone to go like full 10. That's mm-hmm. fine. So I think you know, for folks to decide what their allyship looks like or what their empathy looks like, what showing up looks like. For some people, it's quieter. For some people, it's big and bold. And that's okay. Yeah. You know what I love? I love those people who hang out in the comments Mm -hmm. and they'll fight the fight for me. I love that (laughs) because they might not write a comment, but then they go after someone who's hateful or mean or something. And I'm like, yes, sister, yes, because we need those too. Uh, we need someone who be like, okay, you know what? You just said something really racist and rude. I, you know, I please check with yourself and stuff like that. And I don't know who they are, but I love them because I feel like I'm kind of like taken aback because they'd be emotional for me and sometimes triggering for me. And I'm a little bit like, oh, I don't know why people are so mean type of thing. You know, like the little girl yeah. in me comes out, right? The little one, the big, yeah. big bad comments out there. But then I love this, those other women who rushed and they're like, you just said something really rude and this and that. I'm like, yes, thank you. So I feel like in this uh, virtual world, you can be allies in different ways. And maybe if you're if you're there and you're in a comment and you read a racist comment on a YouTube video, on a Facebook post, on someone's blog, you know, uh, defend that person, say it and say, you know, call it out for what it was. It's like, no, you're racist. That was rude. Or that's, you know, that's not nice or whatever it is. And I feel like I think even that is so, is so huge for people to do that for each other. Yeah. I. Yeah, I agree. And I think that having like, obviously, when we talk about these things, it gets people thinking like, am I doing that? Am I that person? And and I also want people like you just said to be to really understand, you don't have to be out protesting. You just have to be speaking up when it's needed or reaching out to your friend who doesn't who is of color to check on them or be having the conversation at your dinner table or with in groups of my, you know, majority of white people, like, you know, majority white. I feel like those comments come even more. Um, I'm trying to think the last time I've actually heard one to be quite honest, but I also think that says a lot with who I surround myself with. I'm not surrounding myself with people that are saying those things or feeling it necessary, but also I think it's hard. I think people just need to realize like, you don't, you don't have to be, it's not go big or go home. Like it's right. Right. It's, yeah. Like no. we don't want to scare away people. Like if yeah. you're not prepared to do this, then don't bother being my friend. Like that is not what we're trying to say. Yeah. We're saying that like, if you do have folks that you claim are a friend, how do you show up for them? Right. Mm-hmm. And show up in the spaces that you occupy. So if you are a mom who stays home mostly, but you're on your social media feed, like, you know, for like an hour a day. And then you go and pick up the kids from school and you're in the schoolyard at pickup time. And then you go grocery shopping and you're at the grocery store. So that's your world. And that then show up in those spaces. 
yeah. um, where need be. So, you know, talk to the new mom, talk to the mom who's, who's different from you, strike, strike up a conversation. I can't, I can't tell you how many times it's been so meaningful. And I still remember this, just being so shy and being so scared and just like nervous in crowds. And a mom will come up to me. These women have some, have not even seen my face till this day. And I've known them now for like many, many years, 14, 15 years now. And they will just say, hi, how are you? Yeah. You know, the web, like just that little, my new conversation means like, I hear, I'm here. I exist, you I see, see you. and you're recognizing you. Mm-hmm. And that's the only conversation we've ever had. It's just like, hi, hello, weather, kids, blah, see you tomorrow. And then that same mother will see me at the Kroger, at the local Kroger. She's yeah. like, oh, how's it going? Oh my God, your son looks so big now. And, this, and I'm like, oh, she remember. It's like, these are like little, little things. And for an immigrant mother, a woman who maybe have came, come here from Syria, a woman who just came from Afghanistan, like there's so many women here so many moms, so many people who have come and left behind their whole world. And no one knows them. But then you see them and you just say hello to them. You open the door if they're struggling with their children. If, they, if their baby is crying and you just smile at them. I remember a time when my baby boy would be smiling at this woman behind me. And he's smiling. And, there you, and she looked at him like he was like, he was like a monster. Like she looked at him and she looked away and she did not even want to smile at him. And he turned to me and he smiled to me and I said, it's okay, baby. And I, and I smiled to him and stuff like, he's like that small. He was like a little, like a little baby. And she just didn't, she's staring at him and she would not smile. And so if the opposite happened where a stranger just smiles at my kids, they get so happy. And then they'll play the little peekaboo thing. Nobody really toddlers act because they don't really see anything else. Right. But for you to see a brown boy with his um, hijabi mother and feel like you even hate her, you know, her progeny, her offspring, whatever you want to call it. Like, for me, that's like a level of hate that that is just it's so profound. It's like something that you need to check with yourself with. Mm-hmm. So show up in those spaces and the places that you are in, show up in the way that you can. And you're doing the work already. Absolutely. And I was thinking, too, like. A lot of times doing the work or showing up for me might mean in a space, like just in your daily life, think about who's here, who's not here, and why are they not here, and say something. So like when I see folks travel, like, ooh, I loved this hotel and resort. I didn't notice any people of color here. Like that, like just making an observation like that or asking a question. Yeah. Recognizing it. Yeah, yeah, would go such a long way so that I don't have to do that because I do that everywhere that I travel, which we've talked about. But like, mm-hmm. you know, like we said, it's up to the majority folks to dismantle the majority situations. So like, gosh, save me a stop, you know, how powerful that is. Yeah, just like taking the time to recognize things and like to try to think of things you might not have thought of before. That's yeah. that's what we're asking speak up for. at your school. If if you don't see a Black History Month recognition at your school, speak up. If the teachers at your kid's school, they're all majority white, but the majority of kids in your school, well, even if they're not, but even but like there are school districts here, like maybe one or two teachers are not white, but the students are like you know eighty percent um, non-white. And they don't represent, the kids don't see themselves in their teacher. But when they see a teacher, there's only in so many times my, my kids will come home and be like, oh, we had a substitute today. And she was, you know, she, she had a hijab on or she was a Muslim or she was Indian or she was. And they see themselves in that. Like, so talk about it. Ask for school. Like, 
I, uh, how, you know, it would be great to see diversity in your staff. You know, doing things even in that in your own world. See why why you know a store will recognize all holidays, but when it comes to Ramadan and Eid, most stores are absolutely intentionally oblivious and ignorant to a major holiday that affects thousands of us in the city where where Dearborn is. It's like the it's the largest you know Middle Eastern community in, in the U.S. and yet it's intentional like it's so intentional i can't even you know it's another topic for another day but speak mm-hmm. up see it recognize it be aware of it yeah that's all i need for my friend and you know like to be cool and hang out with me and like you said Dumkeen, i want you to be like show up for me when something happens in the news and i want you to be an ally i want you to educate yourself about racism and inequality i also want to like go get tacos and talk about you know euphoria on HBO and I want to, you know, like I oh wanted my. to know because <laughs> I need to process. But like, you know, there are normal friend things that I want to do too, but you can't pick and choose. You don't get to like be my BFF right. when we're talking about HBO and then ghost me when I'm struggling because of something that happened around race or any other issue. Like that's what that's what I feel like Shannon Sharp and Rihanna and then we're talking about like if you're going to be my friend, be my friend the whole way. Cause I am a whole person with lots of things going on and I need you to be there for all of me, including my skin. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh my gosh. That was good. Erica. What did I say? I don't even know. <laughs> I just have to watch this back later. I know there's so many, I wrote down notes, timestamp notes to go back to. Cause I did, you know, I even wanted to kind of end on this as you know, we talked about earlier, this isn't just for white people. This is for everybody as a whole. This is, this is not just this, this conversation is not just for white people. It just, you know, like I can obviously only speak from the white perspective. And this is stuff I hear you guys. I, I see, I speak to women all day long. I, I see so many women come through whenever we have these conversations. These are, these are things. So when I talk about desensitized or people not knowing it's because I've heard this stuff. And so I'm speaking you know, I can speak from my own experience, but I can also speak to what I hear or what other women are writing to us or putting in our DMs or that I hear from my friends that are white. And so I know that's the same with you too, Erica, being black. Like you can, you're not everybody's opinion or idea. You are, you are yours and you're speaking for um, yourself in, as a black woman, the same with Tom Keen, you know? So I do think it's important to say that because I never want people to be like, oh, you're just like attacking white people. And that's not the case. This is, I think everybody needs to hear this because I know that there are a lot of black people, you know, I, especially working at the hospital that don't like white people because of things that people did, that did or are still doing to their communities. And there's actually huge, like last year, I mean, since COVID started, like there's been a lot of grappling between the black and Asian communities because there's been like some bad blood there for a long time that we are like have to work on within our group too. And that's why I've like tried to make sure to say like majority spaces Mm -hmm. because it's so much more than color Mm -hmm. and race. Mm -hmm. Like how are we showing up for our like LGBTQIA friends? And like, how are we showing up? How am I showing up for Tom Keen? How are we showing up for like any oppressed peoples? Mm Mm-hmm. And I have to say that if if you have if you're in your friend's stories or if you're in your friend's you know posts or anything like that, and you just even sometimes 
making a like, a comment, an acknowledgement of what's being posted mm-hmm. for someone who's caught, who might be in a situation or, or, or dealing with like an issue that's, that doesn't, it's like completely doesn't affect the other person. Yeah. Even if that makes, because for me, sometimes even someone saying, putting a little heart up in there, I'm like, okay, she sees it. Yeah. I've gotten the heart. So I'm going to take yeah. it that she said, she saw it and she recognized it that I'm struggling with this right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and so post from a feeling. So when you post, this is something that, that evoked. Yes. Feeling. It's my heart out there. Yes. You know, I've used my heart's blood to, to run the ink in my pen to write that down. So mm-hmm. a part of me is existing on your screen. So, so when you acknowledge my heart, you're, you're, you know, you're seeing that I, I'm struggling with this right now. You may not understand it or agree with it or know anything about it, but you see my struggle and you say that I, you know, I see it and I see you. That is a great point. Like sometimes, yeah, like I said earlier, I don't need the, like a, an analysis. I don't need a bunch of verbal comments, but yeah, like, please let me know that you saw what I'm, what I said I'm feeling or what I expressed. It doesn't have that- to be a paragraph. Right. Just yeah. a sentence. Like it, I think that's where we think we have to have this like thought evoked, like I'm guilty of this it has to be like this profound message. Right, right, right. Send and like, so intentional when, like you said, just, and I can only speak to when my parents passed away, just someone sending masters, like, Hey, I'm here for you. I don't know what to say right now. I'm here for you. Right. And I never responded because like, I just couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to respond because it was so painful. And so I think remembering that in situations where you really needed people remembering what that looks like for, for people, you know, your friends of color. Right, right, right. And I think like, like, but going back to that point about like the, the white and black and, you know, issue, you exist in places and, and even those places, if you see something happening, call it out you know, to make a stop of it, leave. Mm-hmm. If you can't call it out, it's a group thing. Pick up, you know, yeah. uh, pick up your bags, get out the door and just say, I just can't be part of that conversation. I can't be in that space right now. Or my child, I don't want my child to hear these, yeah. you know, these words being exchanged. So regardless of where you are and what the conversation looks like, if you if you see that and you see hate being practiced to whomever, mm-hmm. leave the spaces where the hate exists. Yeah. Huge, huge, and would not go unnoticed. It's that's a precedent too. Like I think that's a huge piece. You know, even with family or like friends or anything, it's like, oh, okay, that's not accepted here. Because if you just listen to it and you let them talk about it, they're like, oh, she's okay with it. Right. It's she's good. Like she didn't say anything, and so. I think about it that way too. Do you ever want to be that person where people are looking back and saying, well, you never said anything. You're standing up for all this stuff, but you never said anything. So I think that's important, like using your voice and, and knowing when to use it. And it's hard. It is so hard. So if you're someone listening and you're like, I don't know if I can do that. It's hard. It takes practice and mm-hmm. it doesn't happen overnight, but if gradually and eventually, if you make the decision, like this is where I stand and I'm doing it for myself and for my family, I think that makes a huge difference. But you have to, you have to be willing to take that. I know a lot of people are like, I don't want to upset anyone or I don't, they're going to be mad at me if I say something, who cares? Do you really want to hang out with people like that? Well, that's your protest then, right? That's right yeah. in there in that space as a mom, as a, as a quiet person, that's your protest. That's used walking the streets when you were able to be in the comfort of your home and say, no, not in front of me. 
That's yeah. so good. Yeah. The willingness to mm-hmm. have someone be mad at you. That's, that's mm-hmm. un, that's dismantling your privilege. That's unpacking your stuff. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. To say like, you know what? I made someone upset and that was the sacrifice that I had to make. Mm-hmm. which pales in comparison to the sacrifices that other people have been making just by living yeah. their lives every day. It is. A, yeah. Gosh, that's so true. Or yeah. I feel like we could go on and on. Cause I just, something you said too, about places, my daughter, I took her to the library and she's like, where's your black history month section for kids. They had like an adult, like it was, you know, just a little display. And she's like, well, where's the one for kids? And I was like, I love her because I don't even think she realizes that she's doing it. Mm-hmm. That she, And then she came home and she printed off these like Black Lives Matter and like all these different posters to post in her school. And I was like, I'm doing that. Like she's learning that from me. So I was proud of myself. So I think that's what we eventually all want to get to is where our kids in speaking in a white space, where our kids are doing that. Like they're not asking, we're not telling them they're, they're out there doing that. And the woman, I remember when, when my daughter asked her, she was like, I don't know if we do. And I was like, you work in the library. How do you not know? Like it's black history month. Right. So anyways, it's just like an interesting, I just think about that stuff. Like, don't we want to be so proud of our kids for, for doing this stuff because we've had so many conversations with them? Like, how cool is that? Or like breaking even stigmas. Like my son thinks, you know, this is a whole nother thing, but oh, that's pink. I can't wear that. And I was like, why? No one said, cause my mother-in-law is like, you don't, you can't wear pink. You're a boy. I was like, you can wear pink if you want. And you can cry. You can cry that you're sad that your tooth fell out. You can do all this stuff. Cause there's nothing that's for boys and just for boys and just for girls. You can do whatever you want. And he's like, I can. And I'm just like, yeah, we need to have these conversations with our kids. So anyways, that's like a whole nother, that's like a whole nother thing. But anyways, (laughs) thank you guys for being here. Yeah. And I guess I just want to make sure that like, again, I don't want anyone to feel like walking away from this being afraid now to like try to befriend folks of other cultures or afraid to be an ally because of how much work it is like yeah it's a, it's a lot of work but it doesn't have to start that way start with like hey i see you and i really yeah, start respect simple. you right start yeah. simple i'm not gonna ask you to like boycott the fourth of july with me right now because i kind of do that but like just yeah. hey i really appreciated you sharing or like hey you look super cool or i like you you know like it doesn't have to be scary. I'm not going to ask you to jump up to like full on protest, Black Panther, like mode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like so I said, one, don't one be afraid. Step. And maybe that's something we can work on too, putting that stuff out there more like just simple. Sometimes people just need simple prompts. Right. Like check in on, check on, check in on two Black friends you have or a Muslim friend or somebody who doesn't look like you. Just check in on them today. And ask them how they're doing. And, or, and then I would say, sit with yourself and see what would um, stop you from sharing something or liking something. And sit with yourself and think, what is it that you're afraid of? What are you afraid of being associated with or recognizing? I think there's a lot of self-reflection that gets missed. And so people, you know, that hesitance to press the button, sit with yourself and wonder why that hesitance exists. Are you worried what other people are going to think? Right. Worried about other people, worried about being seen or associated with someone. 
you know, yeah. who you won't talk to or who you don't want to be seen with. Why? You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a great, you know, there's in full transparency, there's times that I go to reshare stuff and I'm like, oh my gosh, people are going to think that what, what was this last thing I was going to repost it and they'd be like, oh my gosh, look at, look at her post. It was something you shared, Erica. I still, I still shared it, but I had that thought where I was like, oh, people are probably like, oh, does she some kind of activist? And I was like, who cares what they think? Like I had to literally have this whole like self-talk with myself. Like who cares what they think? Like, why do I care? I'm not, they're, they're people that I wouldn't be friends with. Why would I care? So even myself, so I'm saying, I'm speaking to other people, even myself, I still sometimes question. And then I have to just be like, I don't even know why I care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's you power know. and freedom that comes with that. Yeah. It, it ha I, and I, I think that's, and I'm pretty vocal about it, but I, and I realize there are a lot of people that aren't, they don't know where to start. So I'm saying that I still, I still struggle with that. So not as much, but there are times when I'm like, oh, because, because, and this is where we get this too. This is people making comments to us at some point, And that's why we feel that it's that thought has, has been placed in our head because somebody has said it to us before. So. And I do it too. Even Miss Vocal will talk about anything me. There's still issues that I'm like, okay, I have to like tread a little carefully with that particular issue because of who I'm related to or who, you know, whatever, or because of my position at the school or my position at the church. But like, you know, you can be mindful of stuff, but like some Keen said, think about why, think about, is this, you know, how do you want to handle that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Oh gosh. Okay, guys. Well, until next week, not, or two weeks, we're here every two weeks. So we'll be back. If you have a topic, again, if you have a topic, reach out to us. We'd love to. I really think one we do need to have a topic or a discussion about is microaggressions. We need to go back. We need to go back to that. And then other than that, we'll see. Oh, we hope you have a, I hope you have a wonderful Valentine's Day, however you are celebrating. If you do celebrate or if you think it's just a dumb Hallmark holiday, whatever the case may be, I hope your husbands or partners or whomever get you something you want. Here it is chocolate. But other than that, chocolate. Buy yourself the flowers. Yeah. Yeah. I did see something that was like, they, anyway, okay. I could keep talking. Okay. All right. We'll see you guys later. Happy Monday. Bye, everybody. Bye.